It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver and Dialante Daniels. We got a lot to talk about. Bradley Bill had a press conference and he was asked if he is leaning towards resigning and he said it's fair. I think there's about $246 million, 246 million reasons of why he said it's fair. We're going to get into that. We're going to break down some of the quotes um, that we thought were important from his press conference. Uh, we're going to give you guys an injury update on Kristaps Porzingis, an injury and update on Denny Avdia. And also we'll do a quick uh, preview of the Atlanta Hawks game. The Atlanta Hawks are playing tonight. We're just going to talk about the implications of the Wizards playing slash playoff push, what tomorrow night's game means for the Wizards. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, D. So we'll start out with the main biggest quote here. Um, once again, I think this was Neil again, who was on the show uh, a couple of months ago. He asked Bradley Bill, um, are you leaning? towards uh, signing the extension with the Washington Wizards. Bradley Bill replied, it's fair. What was your take on his response? Um, obviously, it's not a surprise. We already knew. But what was your take on Bradley Bill's reaction to that, to that question? Like you said, it wasn't a surprise. I was telling friends they, who was like, oh, Bradley Bill, blah, blah, blah. I always had the thought that he wasn't going to leave. Even with all the quotes that he said about, you know, this is big and, you know, he wants to make sure it's the right fit. That's a lot of money to pass up on, you know, and Brad has consistently said that he likes being the main guy and, you know, the front office coming to him to speak about the moves, et cetera, and having the opportunity to win something for the team that had originally drafted him. So it's not a surprise. It's really not a surprise, especially if you listen to what Brad has said in the past, et cetera, and just look at the amount of money he can make. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's really hard to pass up $240 plus million. You could talk about, you know, oh, I guess he doesn't want to win ever. Other NBA fans will probably say that. But at the end of the day, you got to respect the guy for wanting to stay loyal, you know, similar to Dame Lillard. Not everybody is going to go join the super team. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we know he wanted to make this deal, take the deal, and uh, Tommy Shepard and Ted Leonsis, they really want to keep him here. They really want him to be the, franchise, the face of the franchise. Um, is it the Wizards' best decision to make? I mean, it, it's it's kind of tough. You know, after, after the Clippers game, I think we both were just done with the team. We just wanted to blow it up because that debacle and the whole – 10 and three start and then they get to 500 and 
Bradley Bill's not playing well. He's not shooting the ball well. He's shooting like career lows and three point percentage. He's turning the ball over in the clutch. And it's like, yeah, we're just done with the roster as a whole. Nothing against him, just the whole team. I think they, they needed to blow it up at that time. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of have no choice at this point. You know, um, you know, he, he is, he's an all-star caliber player. They really have no choice. They kind of missed their opportunity to really trade him. If they wanted to trade him, it was kind of their best time was really either two years ago or, or once Russ asked out in the summertime last year, that was probably like the best time to just really blow it up. But they waited so long where Bradley Bill didn't play well. And, um, I mean, you could have traded him to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, but that was, like, the only realistic trade that was going on at the deadline. So, um, yeah, it looks like, you know, Ted wants him here. Tommy Shepard wants him here. He's going to be the number one guy on the team. They brought him for Zingas. Um, They got Kuz. Now they're calling it a, a big three. So, you know, we'll see how that goes next year. But, um, yeah, they, they just kind of have no choice. They can't really let him walk because that would be terrible if you let him walk and for nothing. Um, you basically wasted your time, and yeah, that'd be the worst case scenario because you don't get any value back from him for mm-hmm. him. So, um, yeah, what's your thoughts again? If you think this is the best move from the Wizards' perspective, for what the Wizards want to do and what they've always been known to do, I mean, it was pretty much the only answer. It was the only thing that they were going to do. Like I always said, if Brad wanted to come back. They were going to assign him to however much money it took, no matter how the fans felt about it, et cetera. You look at Nikola Jokic and his five-year, I think, $241 million um, Supermax extension that he may be signing with the Nuggets. And then you look at Bradley Bill, it's like, dang, one guy's an MVP, you know, a former MVP and could be an MVP again after this season. Then you look at Bradley Bill, who's, you know, All-NBA, Started in the All-Star game once, but they're making the same amount of money pretty much, you know, with Brad making a little bit more. So from the fans' perspective, I understand the caution, and we both have been angry before and said, blow it up. I still wouldn't be mad at that, but I know the Wizards aren't doing that, so they didn't really have a choice here. It was Brad or bust. Yeah, we know they're not, and they're going to give him a quarter billion dollars. I mean, he's going to be in the same – um, you know, money, um, salary, his salary is going to be in the same as like the highest paid player right now for this season is Steph Curry at $45 million. Then it's James Harden for 44. So he, he's up there with those guys. Of course, you know, John Wall is getting paid 44. Russell's getting paid 44 million. KD's getting paid 42. But like you said, I mean, the salary cap's going to go up. And like you said, you know, he's, he's going to be getting paid more than, you know, some MVP candidates, guys that are winning MVPs. And, you know, we're giving Bradley Bill, you know, 50 something million a year when, you know, at best he's the number two option on a championship team or, or, you know, number three option on a championship team. So it doesn't really, you know, but it's nothing we can really do about it. We know what Ted wants to do. We know what Tommy Shepard wants to do. So they can't let him walk. They already missed the opportunity to trade him. They could do a sign and trade, but I don't see that happen. I think the way Brad was talking to, we're going to get some more quotes about that, about, you know, the fit with Porzingis, what he thought about the trade deadline. He actually, and Brad dropped some nuggets too. They've been, you know, he's basically like the general manager of the team too. We're going to get into that a little bit too. Some of the quotes definitely showed that, like he's like the GM or LeBron GM type player right now, the way that Tommy and uh, Ted are treating him right now. So we're going to get into that. But before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. 
Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Also, thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so I'm going to pull up this quote here where Bradley Bill did talk about the trade deadline. Trade deadline. I do want to talk about how he talked about Rui Porzingis, of course. Uh, he did drop a nugget about uh, – this is from NBA Krause on Twitter. He says, Bradley Bill says that Tommy Shepard was looking into trading for DeMontis Sabonis, and once that domino fell, he made the decision to go in for Chris Tapp's Porzingis. So – was that anything that you think nobody else knew about? I think that's kind of something that we basically knew about. How did you feel about that statement? That was, yeah, like you just said, something that isn't surprising. I thought Sabonis was the number one target. You think about Wes Unsell Jr., you think about his offense, and he made the pretty much made the Jokic, Jamal Murray comparison with KP and Bradley Bill, even though I don't think KP and Jokic's play styles are similar. I thought, and I tweeted out a while ago, the closest that Wes Unsell Jr. was going to get to Nikola Jokic as far as skill set, not as far as being as talented of a player, but as far as skill set was DeMontis Sabonis. As far as, you know, being able to kind of run the offense through him, you know, pass guys open, be able to feed guys and move the ball around and help facilitate, as well as being a good post scorer and rebounder. So I wasn't surprised that they went after Sabonis, but the Kings just had a, a tremendous package. So they went with that, and the Wizards ended up going with plan B, which was Kristaps Porzingis. And that is to be determined right now how that will turn out. But I'm not surprised about the Sabonis stuff. Right, yeah. Yeah, we can tell that was somebody that Bradley Bill really wanted. There was reports coming out of some Washington Wizards beat reporters saying that you know Bradley Bill was really, really vouching for Sabonis, and that was the rumor going on for weeks before the trade deadline. So also um, Bradley Bill, the quote on Chris S. Porzingis, this is from Chase Hughes. He says, just imagine him and Gaff out there. That's going to be sick. 
Then you got Kuz at 6'9, 6'10. We've got great size. We've never had that before. We've, we've never had that. So, what did you think about that? And what kind of lineup would you see with uh, those three in there? I think that'll be interesting, man. I think <laughs> with Gafford's athleticism and him getting down there and blocking shots and Porzingis being a force down there as well. I think as far as rim protection, that'll be some of the best rim protection the Wizards are going to have since I don't know when. I mean, Markeith and Gortat wasn't the most, you know, fearsome presence down there. Death so, you know, having guys with Kuz and Porzingis and Daniel Gafford, that's a, you know, that's a lot right there. That, that'll deter some guys, you know, just make them be a little more afraid of getting in that paint. And we may see less 55%, 50% shooting games from the field. And the points in the paint may drop as well. I, I'm interested in seeing that. Um, this also kind of hints at KP being the four more than the five. And Gafford starting at the five potentially next season. So Kuz, Porzingis, and Gafford being that front court, I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah. And Brad said he compared it to the Cavaliers with Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Lord Markin. And so it's positionless basketball. You know, it's not just, oh, one point guard, shooting guard, small forward power forward center, you know, not, it's just not how the game is. Everybody, all the bigs, there's six, 10, six, 11 guys that are able to shoot threes put the ball on the floor and dribble now. Um, so guys are more skilled and more talented uh, and able to space the floor. So, you know, if him and Gaff can play together, you know, Gaff could be a good rim protector. And the only concern is, you know, Porzingis stepping out there and guarding fours. He should have the mismatch on those fours, on those power fours, you would think, um, you know, we've seen some Dallas fans or, um, you know, we had Nick come on and he said that, you know, Chris Epps didn't take advantage of those mismatches and he wasn't able to guard the four. So that's the concern. And he was also saying that that Chris Tapps, that Zingas is better at the five. And I could see why that makes sense. You know, he matches up better. He's not going to have to step out there and guard guys who are quicker than him. Um, but, yeah, I think we should definitely experiment and try it out. We'll try to get our best you know, guys on the floor that have the longest wingspans, him, Kuz and Gafford being 6'10 and then. Um, Brad would be at the two and then, you know, whoever we have the point guard position would be out there. So that would be a tall, uh, lineup, very interesting guys that can really space the floor. So I'm intrigued by that too, just to experiment. Um, also another quote that was interesting. And then one thing about the contract too, you know, of course he has that extension that's on the table to four years, $181 million, just for people who don't know, of course, he's going to decline that he's going to decline the option. He's going to take the five year, $246 million. That's just to update people who. Um, are not fully up to date about the contract. Um, Bradley, Bill, so another GM nugget here. He talked about Dinwiddie. He said, I 100% vouch for him to be here. Bill talked about Spencer Dinwiddie at the point guard position. He understands it's a need for the team and said there are a few guys they are considering. So once again, that's saying Bradley Bill is going to be the GM probably once again and making the decision on who they're going to get at the point guard. Do you feel comfortable with Bradley Bill? having to say so and making a decision on who they get again. Do you trust them this time? Man, I don't like really personally where guys just start doing more than they need to be doing. Me mm -hmm. personally, like, I mean, to make a football analogy, I mean, you have a coach start to have GM powers and all this and personnel decisions and let the coach be the coach, let the player be the player, let the GM be the GM. Input is cool, but 
when you talk about these, I mean, it's all because they want Brad to be happy. They they're doing this to keep him on the team and to re-sign him. But I don't know, man. You you look at that as well. You look at other players, and you see Brad has all this power, and Brad isn't that level of a star player in the league. So it's like, oh no, man. Maybe I could see chemistry issues possibly with. Brad having that much power within the organization and maybe guys feel like he's not that great to be having all that power. And I feel like it's similar to that with some of the fans as well. It's like, oh, why does he get all this say? The Wizards haven't done anything and they haven't done anything since, you know, they traded John and he's been the main guy. Oh, no, man. It's that Dinwiddie thing scared me. So if that was him, (laughs) I don't know if I could trust you making decisions. Right. Yeah. he, He, uh, yeah, he definitely has kind of that's that's definitely a a ding to his GM report card for sure because he really did want Dinwiddie and I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of sold on Dinwiddie too. I didn't think he was gonna play as bad as he did. I mean, nobody mm-hmm. expected that. That was just like probably the biggest surprise of the year for him to be a shell of himself like that, um, and nobody to like him. Um, but yeah, it, it does concern me. It does concern me. They're giving him so much power, you know, and like you said, he, he's an all-star, but he's really like what top 15 at best. He's a number two option, not a number one guy. Um, you know, he's just not in that same, you know, echelon or um, uh, had that same criteria as a Jokic and B, LeBron, Steph, Kevin Grant. Um, we can name like 10 guys, you know, right mm-hmm. now um, that are number Nicole. I already said Jokic, right? Yeah. Kawhi Leonard, you know, we can just list off a name of guys. And um, he's the one making the decision. Now, I do get it. If you're going to build around him, then sure, I guess you might as well give him the keys. You might as well be on the same page. You don't want to be like an Aaron Rodgers situation to bring a football game where they drafted a quarterback in Jordan Love. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants a wide receiver. So it doesn't make sense to get a quarterback when Aaron Rodgers needs another wide receiver. So I get it from that standpoint. But once again, Aaron Rodgers is on a different level in football than what Bradley Bill is. And basketball is Aaron Rodgers actually won an MVP. So you want to listen to Aaron Rodgers more. Of course, but I, I get it in that sense. You want to have Bradley Bill on the same page. And they didn't pick the coach that Bradley Bill wanted or from reports. You know, Bradley Bill had no say in the coaching search. Um, so that was interesting, too. But, you know, him picking Spencer Dinwiddie and seeing how it worked out, yeah, it, it is concerning. It is concerning because he might pick somebody again that is not a fit. And if it happens again, then, yeah, it's it's got to be time to move on because this is another decision that he's making here. So. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely showed that you know it it didn't work out. Chris has Porzingis, of course, he okayed that move too. But yeah, you just saw the chemistry issues there. But um, another quote: Bradley Bill said Tommy Shepard gave him a master plan of what could happen on deadline day, but did not know until he came out of surgery. So I mean, he he probably knew. I mean, that's what Bradley Bill says. So I'm not going to speculate too much on what was said, but. Um, it worked out. It worked out. And then last quote about West Huntsville Jr., he said, uh, Bradley Bill and West Huntsville Jr. having to set the rotation when the Wizards were fully healthy before the trade deadline. That's a tough job to do, a tough environment to deal with. So he was vouching for uh, West Huntsville Jr. for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, that, I think that's all the quotes I got. Was there any other quotes that you thought stood out? Uh, I did like when he spoke about Rui Achimura and pretty much said oh, what yeah. he's been saying about he needs to shoot it more when speaking mm-hmm. on his improved three-point shooting. We spoke about it last episode. I said he's putting up about what, five two-point attempts a game and about two 
three pointers a game. Mm-hmm. So I want him to take more shots. You know, especially if he's shooting the three ball well, put more of them up. Put more than two or three a game up. You know, get some games where you're putting up five shots. You know, they don't all got to be wide, wide open if you're feeling right. it. So I, I definitely, Brad is agreeing with that sentiment right there. And he's seeing what a lot of us are seeing. And he needs to shoot that thing more. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Rui does need to shoot the ball more. He needs to be more aggressive. Um, now, Chris Apps coming back could affect his playing time. Mm-hmm. And there was another quote that stood out to me that Bradley Bill talked about the season that he had. He just acknowledged that he didn't have a good season. Um, but, yeah, other than that, yeah, Rui, Rui needs to be more aggressive. They've been asking him to be aggressive. Um, but, yeah, those are all the quotes that stood out to me. But we're going to get into this Hawks game tomorrow night. The Wizards play. They had a small break. But before we do get into that, got a quick word from D. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are all going to be your new favorite. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, They'll make it, it will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Bill Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. The offer is to go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, but it's it's so funny that Brad's response to leaning towards coming back was saying that's fair because, like, that's just the calmest way to say, hey, I'm going to get $246 million next summer. Yeah, it's... Brad is is an interesting guy, you know, because <laughs> you had the um, Chris Haynes interview and then it was like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't want to make end up making a mistake and this is big. And then you go from that to the, you know, yeah, you know, pretty much sound about right. That sounds <laughs> sound good. That sound good. So 
I mean, it's not surprising, like we both said. This is yeah. something we expected to happen. Mm-hmm. I would have been surprised if he walked and left. I mean, that would have been a really bad look for the Wizards, like really bad. Yeah, and it's it's still technically not set in stone yet. He still could pill yeah. 180 and change. But the way he talked in the press conference just sound like talking about Porzingis and Gaff and Kuz and the lineup. They've already talked about him talking about which point guards are going to pick. All that stuff. So, yeah, it's probably 110% he's going to come back. Um, but, yeah, let's get – so, Denny, he has a right quad contusion, participated, participated in practice today, so he should be good to go versus the Hawks tomorrow. Um, also, Porzingis finally played a little bit in five-on-five, five, five five, but he's not going to be playing tomorrow. Um, so, the Porzingis waiting game, we don't know what kind of – we'll see what kind of suit he has on, what kind of fit he has on, what kind of street clothes he has on tomorrow night against Atlanta. But um, – what are your keys to victory against the Hawks? And the Hawks are playing right now. Let me look at the score real quick. They're beating the Bulls, which is not good for us at all to make the play in. Um, but what's your keys to victory to beat the Hawks tomorrow night? Guard Trey Young. I mean, he has currently against the Bulls, he has 21 points and 10 assists with three rebounds. He's three for four from the three-point line, five for 11 from the field. That's the main goal right there. You got to be able to slow him down because if he gets going – it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough time for the Wizards. And Trey Young has killed the Wizards before in the past. So they got to make sure that they lock him up or do their best to lock him up. You got to make sure you defend that three-point line too. Kevin Herter, former Terp, I mean, he'll be out there pulling those three-pointers from deep too if you let him. You know, Gallinari as well. He's a guy who can shoot the ball. You got to make sure you defend that three-point line. So I want to key in on that. Keying on Trey Young, mainly. Keying on that three-point line. And make sure you're tough on those boards, man. You got Clint Capella down there. He has 10 rebounds right now against the Bulls. You got to make sure you're on those boards, man, and you're out there snagging them. So I'm looking at Kuz, Denny. I'm going to throw Rui in there too, man. I want to see more than one rebound from him. So grabbing those boards, defending that three-point line, and making sure you do your best to try to contain Trey Young. Mm, Definitely, yeah. Can't go in there any screens. They might have to pick him right up at half court because he will pull it from the logo. He's done it before against the Wizards. He had he's had 40-point games against the Wizards before. He had 41 the last game. Um, they've just been an inconsistent team. They don't really defend well, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, but like you said, they got shooters all around. Gallo can shoot. DeAndre Hunter can shoot. Kevin Herter can shoot as well. Lou Williams off the bench. Uh, Bogdanovich can shoot. DeLon Wright is a known Wizards uh, Wizards killer as well. So it's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, it's a home game, but um, you got to be able to defend without fouling. Trey Young gets to the free throw line a lot. Um, so this is this is a tough matchup for them. And we're going to, like you said, too, we're going to need our bigs to contribute. Um, we're going to need a big game from TB. We're going to need a big game from Gaff. They're going to have to defend without fouling as well, protect the paint, protect the rim. Um, got to talk on defense, too. There's sometimes where we do get lost in the sauce. You know, Denny getting lost on Laurie Marketing, letting him have a wide open three. Rui sometimes off ball. Um, can get lost in the sauce too. Um, but yeah, once again, rebounding. And we've been sloppy too. We've been sloppy with the basketball. But this, I think it's going to be a close game. It's just those fourth quarters, man, when Kyle Kuzma's putting up 30 points and then, you know, they start doubling him towards the end. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, who else is going to step up? Is it going to be Ish? Is it going to be Neto taking, you know, a bunch of shots at the end? Like, who, who's going to step up? You know, somebody else other than those guys are going to have to help out in that fourth quarter. You know, KCP, somebody is going to have to help out. So um, th- th- those are my keys. But 
Um, looking at the standings, oh, I guess we'll do a prediction for the weekend as well because they play – we'll just play on Sunday as well. Um, what's your prediction for the Hawks game and the Pacers game on Sunday night at 6? I think they lose to the Hawks. I think they beat the Pacers. I think they can mm. they can they can potentially go two and zero. They could potentially go zero and two or one and one. I never know with the Wizards. <laughs> they're 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 so up and down, and because they're up and down, I say lose to Atlanta, win against the Pacers. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that too. Um, Pacers, they're they're kind of tanking, kind of not. Like they'll they'll mess around and beat and win games. They won a couple games. Uh, they beat us. Last week, when I we really could have won that game, um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think we lose to the Hawks um, Friday night, and then we beat the Pacers by like five. And um, I think Porzingis. I'm not gonna, you know, guess when he comes back, but I would think Porzingis would be back by the Lakers game, which is on Friday at 10:30. That's what I'm thinking. We'll see. Because you know he hasn't played in two months now, and Jason Kidd mm-hmm. did say that you know if it was the playoffs, Porzingis is going to play as a bum bruise. So they're just really slowly taking him back, bringing him back. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say, I don't know if they bring him back. You because they got that that four game road West Coast trip, mm-hmm. West Coast trip. So do you think what game did you say you think that we see him back? I was at a Lakers Friday night. Lakers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So if he travels with the team, I definitely think we see him some in some game doing that West Coast trip if he mm-hmm. travels. So yeah, Lakers sound good on right. NBA TV. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense for ratings. Definitely, yeah. We want to thank you guys for watching and make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification bell. And we're almost at. 2,000 subscribers as well. Thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hello to the Wizards. Peace. Peace. Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.